I'm in a store and I'm singing. I'm in a store and I'm singing. Hello and welcome to the podcast, everybody. If you don't know, that's from Elf. I hope that you know what that movie is if you are listening to the podcast. And if you don't, please go educate yourself. Just kidding. But that is one of my favorite Christmas movies. And I did just recently watch it. So I had to bless you with my just angelic singing voice. So today what we were talking about is why am I so tempted to die again, even knowing that diets don't work. Now, you may be feeling this if you're new to health at every size, weight neutrality, intuitive eating space, or maybe you've been following the fat positive content creators and working with a non-diet dietitian for years. However, you might be just quite confident and understand why diets don't work. But despite that, you still feel like you want to try one more diet and can't figure out why. Hey there, welcome to Hangry Thoughts, the podcast where we dish out on the best bites on intuitive eating, nurture a healthy relationship with food, and of course, bust some nutrition myths because fork diet culture. I'm your host, Abby Roberts, non-diet intuitive eating dietitian and an ADHD girly here to guide you through a joyful journey towards feeling amazing in your own skin and enjoying all foods. Join me as we navigate the world of food with a fresh perspective where guilt-free nourishment and mindful eating take center stage. Together, we'll tackle the myths that may leave you feeling a little hangry or hungry for the real facts. So grab your fork, your favorite snack, and let's dive into the Hangry Thoughts podcast because it is time to embrace a vibrant, satisfying, and empowered approach to food and wellness. So this is a conversation that I have really often, quite frankly, with my clients, and this makes a lot of sense. Even if you were given all of the information in the world as to why diets don't work, like the way that they promise us they will, it's still very valid for you to still have this desire to diet. I tell my clients that I would never expect them to completely ditch diets and push down the desire to diet. For some, that might be extremely difficult and not necessarily helpful. So instead, I ask my clients if we can be curious with just putting this desire maybe to the side on the back burner and seeing what happens if we make space for other thoughts, feelings surrounding food, body, and movement. What happens when our thoughts aren't constantly clouded by diet culture or the desire to diet to be smaller? The main reason this comes up is because we live in an incredibly fat phobic society. Creators who I think are incredible in the anti-fat bias space and advocate advocate for fat liberation are Vinnie Wellsby, Aubrey Gordon, Sonali Rashtuar, Sharon Maxwell, Reagan Chastain, just to name a few. Now, we are all surrounded by people who believe that dieting is the thing that we should be doing. Dieting is also something that people have in common and like in a sense, it creates this feeling of community because dieters are going to talk about their diets, how their diet is going, what they like or hate about it, the newest diet on the market, and just offer each other this validation in a way of you're doing something for your health, go you, right? I mean, think about the times that you've been on a diet in your life and 
maybe there has been some like connection between you with friends and family members of like, we're going through this diet together. We're motivating each other to do this diet. Or maybe there's been like a sense of competition of like, who's going to be better on the diet? Who's going to be healthier? Who's going to have more success? For people of size, dieting is often one of the ways of gaining social acceptance. People have a lot of their own preconceived notions of quote unquote, what it means to be healthy. And that typically is weight related. Some may feel judgment from others for their weight. So being on a diet in a sense, puts them on the defensive. Fat phobes may look more favorably on fat persons who are quote unquote, at least trying to lose weight. So dieting is in a way helping to avoid criticism, fitting in, protecting yourself. And it's very natural to want this. It's difficult to resist the constant social pressure to be thin, shrink your, shrink your body, be healthy, especially if you reside in a marginalized body. We're constantly reminded that being fat is bad and dieting is the only answer. Whether you're at the doctor's office, wellness gurus on social media, the magazines that are lined up at the grocery store checkout line, or countless apps like Noom or MyFitnessPal. And it's really messed up that we live in a society where you will be praised for losing weight, even if it's at the cost of disordered habits and behaviors, but will be shamed for the weight you gain while healing. In my experience working with clients, many see dieting as a way to stay in the good graces of fat phobe relatives. So for many, it's nearly impossible for them to fathom accepting or feeling neutral about their body and weight as it currently is or maybe understand that weight and health are not interconnected. They can be angry when someone decides to stop dieting and change their relationship with food, body, and weight, because for them, dieting is the answer. Dieting is the only way to self-worth and acceptance. And you too may be feeling this pressure to conform to social expectations. It's subversive to accept yourself as a fat or larger body person and to refuse to conform to these expectations that you should want to change and should hate yourself. Unfortunately, we know that dieting doesn't work. But this does not mean you have to give up the desire to diet entirely, right? At least I don't think so. Again, I believe that that desire makes a heck of a lot of sense. It's safe. It provides you defense towards fat phobes. You're not wrong or bad for having this desire. Rather than accepting fat phobic beliefs and diet culture mantras, we can begin to question and challenge them. So I wanted to come up with a few maybe journal prompts or questions that we can be curious with or just begin asking ourselves to just have maybe a different perspective on all of this. So the first one that I wrote was, What comes to mind when you think of thin people? Do you associate thin people with anything in particular when it comes to ability, activity level, eating habits, health, leadership ability, characteristics? And the second one, what comes to your mind when you think of fat people? Do you associate fat people with anything in particular when it comes to ability, activity level, eating habits, health, blah, blah, blah? Now the third one, imagine yourself If you were to gain weight, what would it be like to go through that process? Would you be afraid of getting fat if you're thin? Would you be afraid of getting fatter if you are fat? 
Would you fear how you would be treated if you were to gain weight? Or would you fear having more fat on your body or both? Why is that? And the last one, and I know like in each of these, there's like 500 questions. But in the last one, are you currently pursuing weight loss because you want to be less fat? Do you closely monitor your food intake to maintain your weight? Do you cut foods out of your diet to control your body size? Are you afraid to eat certain foods because you're afraid that they'll make you fat? Was there a time you encouraged a fat person to restrict diet and or cut their calories to lose weight? Now, that was a whole lot of questions that I threw at you. And I actually have these on my blog, which I'll link in the show notes. So they're written out for you. You can go back and work on them yourself if you would so like to. And the reason why I came up with these is because I think having this self-reflection and looking inward is really important when we're starting to break away from diet culture and just flat out questioning this desire to diet just as a whole. Um, It can feel really confusing at first. It can feel very frustrating. And again, that desire to diet can very easily still be present and kind of cloud the desire to not want to diet. You get what I'm saying? Um, one thing that I see a lot in my clients is, you know, they say, Abby, I get it. I get the whole intuitive eating thing. I I get, you know, why, why I'd like or would like to do that. But I'm also really scared of what intuitive eating means for me. If I give up dieting, is my body going to change? Is the way I work out, the way I eat, the way I look, is that going to change? I don't know if I'm ready for that change. And I don't know if I'm ready to see this change be something that I don't know what it's going to look like. And in those moments, I pause with my clients and I go, yeah, that's scary. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, with intuitive eating, with intuitive movement, when we're listening to our bodies, yeah, that's a really different thing from diet culture where we're following this strict routine and regimen. So of course you're scared, frustrated, confused, and that's okay. And we save that space to maybe ask these types of questions that I just listed, but maybe we kind of look back too and we go, has there ever been a time where you weren't dieting? Has there ever been a time where you enjoyed exercise? If so, what was that like? If not, why? At the end of the day, we can't control others' emotions or thoughts. So it is not your responsibility, no matter what body you reside in, but especially if you're in a marginalized body, to explain explain why you quit dieting or why fat is an immoral failing. And it's also okay if you have various emotions surrounding this topic. Again, it makes a lot of sense and it is very valid. If you want ways to set boundaries with others when diet or body talk arises, I want to encourage you to check out my bonus episode 10 on setting boundaries. I give three examples of ways that you can set a boundary without it feeling too confrontational or just turning it into this like big discussion. And I think that that can also be really helpful. Just kind of arm you with just another way to protect yourself when these comments are coming up. Because I also recognize that when we're 
trying to step out of dieting or just question diet mantras, it can be really triggering when diet or body talk is brought up, whether it's directed at you or if it's directed at someone else. So I encourage you to check out that episode. Now, again, when we have that, why am I so tempted to diet, even though I know diets don't work? I think my my short and sweet answer is just because it makes sense because of the society that we live in, you know? When we are living in a world where society is telling us one thing and we're starting to think another, that can be really freaking scary because it's like, am what I doing, am what I doing, is what I'm doing, is what I'm doing wrong, is what I'm doing bad. If I'm going against what everyone else is doing, what does this mean for me and my health? And hey, maybe we ask ourselves that question, is what I'm doing bad and why do we think it's bad? And maybe we challenge that a little bit. If the doctor is pushing the topic of weight, Ralph, <laughs> if the doctor is pushing the topic of weight on me and, and telling me to lose weight and they're connecting to that to my health, is that valid? And I'll give you a hint. No, it's not. I guarantee there is something else that's going on with your health. Like, let's say, let's say you go in and like your knee is hurt. Right. Or you go in and you have like a rash. Right. Your weight is not the reason why that's happening. There is another underlying cause. And if you go in. Oh, my God. These freaking cats. Oh, my God. Did you just hear him trot away? <laughs> oh, my God. He's coming back. <laughs> Dude, be quiet. Um, if, you, if you go into the doctor and. There, there's nothing going on. Like all of your labs and vitals and everything is within normal limits and you're chilling and the doctor still tells you that you need to lose weight. What the fuck for? Right? So a little bit of hangry thoughts, a little bit of self-reflection here in today's episode. Again, I'm going to link my blog in the show notes. So if you would like to look at those questions further, Ralph, I swear to God, don't touch the microphone. <laughs> um, this is going to be so gross in TMI, but yesterday he came up like in front of the camera when I was on a discovery call with a prospective client. <laughs> this is so gross in TMI, but there, <laughs> there was a hair, <laughs> there was a hair sticking out of his butthole <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to deal with that later. That's disgusting, but man's need some help. So I finished the call and I kind of like shooed Ralph off. And then when my call was done, I closed my laptop and I'm like, okay, Ralph, come here. And I had to pull it out of his butt. Oh my God. It was so gross. It was like a whisker or something that he like obviously ate. (laughs) I love pets. I love them so much. Cats, dogs, whatever. But sometimes they're little nasties, you know? TMI. Maybe that should have come with a trigger warning. <laughs> Anyways, that is all for today's episode. Next week, we <laughs> next week we're going to talk about set point theory. So stay tuned because that is going to be another really interesting episode. And love y'all. I'll see you next week. Bye bye. Oh.